0: I don't have nearly enough time to list all the tasty ways you can enjoy chicken at McDonald's, but I'll give it
1: a go. The always flavorful Chicken McNuggets made with all-white meat chicken, or the savory buttermilk crispy tenders battered to perfection, or all the familiar and exotic flavors of the signature crafted recipes, including the new garlic-white cheddar chicken sandwich with grilled or crispy chicken drizzled with creamy garlic aioli. I have to cut it short here, but you have time on your side, so go and savor every bite of your chicken. McDonald's. Chicken how you like it. I participate in McDonald's.
0: Alright, this is Paul Daly, and instead of my wife Caroline tonight, we'll be having Mike from Pop Culture Review sitting in the co-pilot spot tonight. Hi, As how we are you
1: do- doing? Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, I'm glad to have you. I'm glad you, you, you volunteered for this. This propping up of of me.
1: Uh. I'm all about your fandom, Paul. That's what I'm trying to do here.
0: That's I'm that's, I'm, I'm glad to hear it because it's I mean the the part that Caroline fills in is is, is quite a crutch for someone who who doesn't really uh, have quite as much of the talking as as she does. So so that's up to you for for tonight.
1: Uh yeah, I, I, I don't mind talking.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad so you're I, here then. Yeah, I, Perfectly I'm, glad to I'm have it. So time. tonight we're going to be talking about the season premiere of the second season of Westworld. What was that title again, Mike?
1: Uh, Journey in Tonight was tonight's episode.
0: So if you don't remember, then you should have been binging Westworld like the rest of us, what that, yes, t- sure. what that title means. And it would be super clear because you will have just seen it in the last episode of the, of the first season if you need it spelled out for you, it's Ford's, uh, the name of Ford's final narrative, which is a fairly uh, unveiled um, description of what he expects to unfold after he sets things off.
1: Yeah. I mean, All he right. really pressed, he really pressed the button and let it go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right.
0: Did, did you, um, did you experience any un- Let's say telegraphed uh, shifts in in time in in the narrative, or was it all pretty clear in this one?
1: I think you know what I think. Had I not watched the first season, I would have been very confused. I Mm -hmm. thought tonight was very much in keeping with the mechanic that they taught the viewers over the course of the first season. You know, I mean, I, I think I think they did such a good job. If you paid attention to the 10 episode arc in the first season, you understood better where you were most of the time, like spatially in the show where I guess time-wise in the show. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. I thought so too. And I was really looking for something that would throw me off because like you said, we had gotten so trained up on the mechanic that you, as you call it, that's a good word. um, That, I I was expecting them to throw a curveball in that regard but if if you recall the pilot uh wasn't really full of curveballs either um it was all set in 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 one timeline and then it starts to get a little crazy after that so right. I think being uh just keeping in pace with how they ended the season last not even last year it's I mean it's more than that now uh last season uh it works in in like a continuity sense right um going from no
1: yeah I think that's right I think that's right and and I think that makes sense too I think so many people uh, you know there were two schools of thought if you you look if you think back to when the, the show ended its season and there was a lot of people that went aha yeah I get that now okay yeah sure and then there were a lot of people that were still angry, that were just like, yeah, that was unnecessarily complicated, and I don't want to have to think. So <laughs> it makes sense to me that they start the season at least anyway with this, okay, this is what you're used to. We're not going to mess with you too much, you know, dot, 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 yet. Um, yeah. So.
0: While um, we were talking off air, you mentioned the idea that, that they probably in this episode – gave us both where we're starting and where we're going to end up. So I think the opening scene, uh, that's definitely in the way, way past. Uh, right. That's with, the
1: first timeline, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's definitely Arnold, not Barnard, right. and Dolores before she's aware, right?
1: Woke, as the kids say. Right. <laughs> right.
0: Right. That was a nice little little scene, but it was – but it, Kind of, I don't know. Did it did it stand out to you in any 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 kind of way as to why we'd be covering such an early stage in Dolores' development um, right now?
1: I mean, I, I mean the, the two. I mean, there were three things that stood out to me: two at the time when it happened, and one in, in kind of retrospect how the episode ends. So, so it starts, you know, with the two of them facing each other in that chair in that kind of very uh, isolated facing yeah. area. And uh, he's talking about his dream and he's talking about how he had a dream that the water was rising all around him and that uh, she had left him uh, to his own devices as the water was rising around him. And I thought the water imagery, especially given the very end of this episode was, was interesting looking back on that. Um, I think the point of it though, was him talking about how uh, the whole question of what is real. I think it it seems very much because the idea of what is real uh, came, came up a couple lot. times. Yeah, it came up yeah. a couple of times. So they came up with me They came up with Dolores. You know, which makes sense given what they're dealing with and this new consciousness that they have. Makes sense. Um, so I, the, the what is real idea and dreams versus reality. Um, but I think the real point of it was even then, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, whatever it is, um, he was aware that he may have created his own. Uh, Frankenstein's monster, you know, hmm. the, uh, you know, she calls him on his bullshit. You know, you're not being completely honest. She says that. And he, yeah, like, he yeah. looks at her and says, you know, you frighten me. Uh, I'm frightened of not what you are now, but what you might become. You're, you're learning so fast. And I'm worried about the path you may take when you've reached whatever level he's thinking about. So even three decades ago, three plus decades ago, you know, Arnold was aware this may be end game. This may be end game Dolores, for what he has set in motion. And it's, it's interesting. It's, you know,
0: we, <laughs> right. you make the then creation you, and you, you
1: can't really control how it goes.
0: And then if you put it, that scene in sequence with other scenes from the first season, then it's, it's probably a fair shot that the scene that, that ends with him saying, basically let's just see where this goes. <laughs> it's probably yeah. a little bit after this, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very much like, you know, eh, this, this, is, this is a fun experiment. Um, right. You know, plus, he, could plus be the end of
0: mankind, but, but let's, you know, let's roll the dice.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, at some point he was aware that he was going to be killed anyway. He didn't, he never, I don't think he ever really thought that Ford would create the Bernard simulation of him. Um, so, you know, for him, it was kind of, you know, it was win-win. You know, I get the creation, maybe I get this child, uh, this, this new surrogate child I've created. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, maybe I've raised her right and still there were some values, and maybe she doesn't become a bloodthirsty, psychopathic, you know, cyborg creature.
0: Bad news, so, Arnold.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you, I hope she didn't take the over-under on that. Yeah, so, right, yeah, no, right. I think I think it was very much, you know, he was aware of it, but I think he felt so strongly that he had gone down that that far of a path of creating this, you know, life that he had to follow through with it but interesting so so i think that was it i think that was the i think it was it was really the what is real concept and it was almost like a scene that they probably filmed in the first season and intentionally mm-hmm. deleted cuz it's very much a part of the kind of conversations that they had it was the it was the unspoken section you didn't see last season on that conversation which maybe right. would have clued you off to where she's going to be when we open tonight you know so
0: Let's go back to the very end of last season real quick to make sure that we're both aware of where we're starting from. I by when it was all said and done, I figured that that the whole mess, the whole shitstorm that, that Ford kicks off with his uh retirement <laughs> speech yeah. Yeah. um was no, we'll basically his penance, I guess, for for you know what he had done to arnold what he had done to the hosts and this was his way of making up for all of that in but he couldn't possibly stick around to to see any of it but he but this is what he felt needed to be done in order to make up for basically all the wrong that he had caused by by creating the park and 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 going through with uh extending it past arnold's original vision how how did yeah. you see the the first season
1: I took it exactly the same way I, I took that entire last section from where from where he has uh, uh Bernard and uh Dolores there in his his old bunker that he used to uh-huh. use for his own private things, and he you know shows her the gun you know the, the gun um I, I think that entire sequence to the end of the episode is his endgame. game it's, it's you used the perfect word it's his penance. This is he had realized now, and it took him you know 30 years. Sometimes it takes you you know a very short time to realize your mistake. Sometimes it takes you 30 years. That's a paraphrase of something he actually says. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think he's realized he you know Arnold was right. This should not have gone got been allowed to go this far. So maybe by me doing this now and setting this in motion, this new narrative, this rewritten rewriting of the code, uh, this freeing of their minds, you know, unlocking their iPhones as it were. Um, uh, this is him trying to put them in the place that they should have been had they been allowed to govern themselves the way Arnold envisioned it 30 years ago. You know, when okay. you reach the end of the yeah. maze, you don't get wiped. You, you, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be rewound if you, if you reach that state of um, consciousness. So, you know, I agree with you. I think this is his And I think you're right. I think, I, I don't think there's any way that he, I don't think he does. Felt he deserved to live. I think. I think part of his penance was I deserve to die. I've I've been a horrible person. I've made yeah, right. horrible mistakes. I uh, you know I've I've uh, suppressed life uh, for decades because of my own vanity, and this is, this is my end game, You know, so. No, that I think all sounds I think, yeah.
0: That that sounds great. All right. So at least we're not working on like uh, you know. Imagine we were doing something like on Lost, and and you were one of those people that believed they were all dead the whole time. We couldn't have a conversation after Ugh, that. I hate, I
1: hate I hate that
0: theory. I hate that theory so much. All right. This
1: is not a long so, podcast, Paul. Don't get me started. Oh my god. <laughs> we don't have time. Oh,
0: oh, I I, I draw from all areas. There you go. No, especially I love I can, Lost I can, and Star Wars. I can,
1: I can. <laughs> I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Uh, all right. We have to go back. We have to go back to Sweetwater.
0: <laughs> right. It's the same right. same kind of deal. I mean, J. J. Abrams is right there at the heart, right?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I saw his name pop up today, and I was like, yeah. You know what? I see when I see a Nolan's name pop up on the screen, I see a J. J. Abrams. I'm I'm already 95% of the way there that I'm gonna like what I see. Uh, right. They just have, money they have to is already the,
0: being taken out of the wallet.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. You know, to give me, take all my money. Give me all of your theories. I, I want them all. Um, yeah. They've, they've got enormous street cred with me. Uh, I, I trust them. I trust them with my t- my TV life, as it were.
0: So. <laughs> me too. Yeah. All right. So when the story actually picks up, this is probably what you were talking about when you said they're showing us the end. Okay. Uh, and but what I mean by that is that we get uh, Bernard waking up somehow mysteriously in the in the surf and. Uh, Stubbs comes over now when Stubbs came over did a little light go off in your brain that said wasn't he abducted by Indians a minute ago Cause it yeah I thought
1: it was weird that I didn't know where he was but they I this is the present so, so where he wakes up on the beach is, is two weeks after the massacre that's how I yeah. put it in the timeline Right, right yeah that's right because right. uh because strand who we meet tonight the, the head of delos operations strand he says offhanded that they've been out of communication for two weeks so i think in mm-hmm. a offhanded way they've timed that for you so yeah i think we're gonna see how does stubs come back I, I think absolutely for sure but that was definitely a jarring because i feel initially we were picking up like right after the massacre somehow he made it from escalante to the beach i was confused for a second uh but yeah
0: yeah, I think there's going to be like this, what I'm going to call like a current timeline that is that two week. It's going to be the event plus two weeks. Yeah. Starting, starting with that, picking up Bernard out of, the, out of the beach and moving on that way. And then I think there's going to be a fair amount of story that it's going to be filling in those two weeks. So, yeah,
1: so I think the, the, the Bernard Hale stuff where it starts in the, the stable with the stable hands. I think that's immediately after the Escalante massacre. I think that's yeah. where they are in the, the two weeks ago. I think where he wakes up on the beach is the start of the most present timeline.
0: Right. That's right. Yeah. Cause, okay.
1: cause, narratively. Because so, so they go from there, the, 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 the army chick you know they get into the 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 buggies and they start going in their rovers and then they wind up in the west well they wind up with the bengals without jumping ahead and then they wind up at the the western valley thing and that's all in the rovers so i think narratively and they're all wearing the same clothes so i think that is the most present that we've seen right now uh and mm-hmm. i think that starts with the beach so that's timeline b and i think timeline a kicks off when we see uh Bernard and Hale and the other Delos uh, uh, management guys in The Stable, um, where Rebus is, is uh, taking target practice out front. <laughs> right. Uh, I love right. him so much. I, I would watch him in everything. Was it Simon Ogg? Is that his name? Uh, uh, you know
0: I, um, I look at him, and I do see Simon from Walking Dead. So, that's, why, uh, that's
1: why I call him. Yeah, he's, he's Simon to me. But, yeah, I love him. I, I, you know, he's fantastic. I think he's such a good character actor. But So I think that timeline is – right after Ford just got shot, Teddy and, uh, and, uh, uh, Dolores just went to town on everyone. The hosts are running, you know, running the asylum. I think that's that timeline. That's the oldest current timeline. And so I think there's two, that I think the two week period is between that, those two periods.
0: Now, no, Does that make sense? Did, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you, did you think that when I saw the, the people carrying the guns that were, uh, Ostensibly rescuing the humans, um, did it seem like they were probably mercenaries and not exactly like rank and file Delos employees? Because <laughs> they looked yeah, a little, I mean, little rough I, and ready. I,
1: I have in my note here what I wrote. I wrote uh, Bernard wakes on beach. Delos is sweeping the area. SWAT is moving in. Like it was, <laughs> it was like it was like it was it was like a D Day. It was like a modern commando D Day. The way they were yeah, they were yeah. in on it. So it's either Dalet's is like really ultra security, or yeah, some kind of you know blackwater uh, merc force that they've hired to uh, right. get the Right. Like the line. shit
0: has officially hit the fan, so yeah. we just gotta hire anybody we can to come and put it down. For sure. All right. For
1: sure. Because well, cause where the, the island takes place off of like the coast of Asia somewhere, right? It's it's like a it's like an island in like the South China Sea or something like that. It, that, it, that I don't I think, know. I think they located it somewhere, or maybe it was in the extended universe. It's somewhere off of the Chinese coast, or somewhere in in the South China Sea area. It's an I island. I could buy that. Yeah, I could buy I especially it,
0: I, the 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 uh, what would you call that extended universe stuff because they do a pretty good job with their secret websites and all that kind of stuff.
1: They do, they do. Uh, yeah, HBO, HBO. When when HBO is so inclined, they really put on a good show, a multimedia show for their for their uh, their IP. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure this, and I, there also plays into every now and then you'll see like a an Asian official show up, uh, and I think there was one in this episode, um, where it uh, where it kind of it, it makes a mention back to there's very loose oversight, and I think that's probably why it props up in like an Asian country or ah uh, yeah that's an Asian right because you know they, they can they can pretty much do what they want like create human beings. And, Strand you know,
0: is yelling like, at these guys that are wearing these uniforms uh, to yeah. get off his island. Yeah, you're right. right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the train, uh, the the maglev train that you take to get to the island, I think is like an over the water thing. So, uh, but yeah. So, uh, which is all a long way of saying, yeah, I think they probably hired some kind of mercenary force, you know, to to subdue the subdue the park as it were. Well. It's like you know, like a human Jurassic Park. That's what that's basically what they've gotten. You know, T Rex and the Velociraptors are out of their cages. Uh, and they all look like Dolores, and they've gone crazy. So you know, I think <laughs> So that's that bit
0: where where they scalp and lobotomize the Ghost Nation guy that was hanging around there, yep. um, two things about that. Uh, a, someone's been printing mazes on people's scalps, and apparently no one's been knowing about it this whole time.
1: That's right, interesting. Right, right. I thought that was and, a nice callback, though, because that's how the men in black first find – he knows about it, uh, yeah. in the first season, but he he goes and intentionally scalps the Ghost Nation uh uh Native American to just specifically because he's looking for that scalp. I think he scalps a couple of people and it's the Ghost Nation one that he it's he finds it on. Um so I thought that was a nice call back to that first season where where the man in black finds the maze also. I think it's weird right. that no one knows about it though. That seems like right. someone has to be right. involved, you know uh uh in printing. and Bernard were not printing all of the scalps <laughs> themselves <laughs> right. that's, that's a little low-level function i would think so
0: right right yeah and then
1: that guy mr costa he's a new character right isn't that the yeah. that's the gentleman from the walking fear the walking dead right whose name i'm blanking on
0: no i don't think so
1: no that wasn't um what's his face what's his face is not helpful
0: the guy that played travis you're thinking of?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who I'm thinking of. That's not him. I don't think
0: so. I mean, I'm not really awesome at recognizing people uh, when they're out of uh, character, out of makeup, so it could completely be him, but I don't don't
1: think so. No, his name is Faris Faris, is this guy's name.
0: Oh, well, no. No. Yeah, that's that's
1: definitely not not that guy. guy. Anyway. uh, Yeah, so he's a new character, right? He's one of the new characters that we've seen. Strand is one of the new characters. I think there are six new characters that we're going to meet. Over the course of the season, I think I think at least three of them we saw tonight that I can think of. So um,
0: when they finally peel the brain back, or not yeah. the brain, but the uh, the scalp, and, and they open up the the uh, cranium, Oof. did it seem like like the brain there was just more like a, it, this is very curious to me. I'm very you know when I watch science fiction, I want to know why they do the things they do. So when I see a thin layer of brain over what is clearly the actual processor for this robot, I wonder why they go through the trouble of having the thin layer of brain, you know? Is it actually functioning, doing just some, like, low-level kind of shit? Or is it so that if you do hack into it, you do see your brain because your people are sick? Or what?
1: Uh, you know, I took it more for cushioning. I took it more for, like, shock absorption um, ah. that they went through that trouble. Because like when packing they, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, gross, really gross packing peanuts, because when he pulls out the little module that looked like a uh, like a little filter, it reminded me of like a little brittle water filter. Um, yeah, there was like water collected in the bottom of the cranium, almost like, yeah, like, yeah, kind of like brain fluid. So the whole thing struck me as just a big uh, like styrofoam container like you would take to, you know, like tailgate a party uh, like a football game or something. You know, with yeah, a brain they showed us that brain fluid
0: right away, and it turned out to be pretty important later on. Yeah, uh, and, and kind of like a, huh, that's a weird way that that would save your life, but okay, sure, kind of way.
1: Yeah, yeah, that whole section confused me. It intrigued me and yet confused me. But we can get to that. We'll get that. We're, we're to ourselves. But yeah, no, no. I think I think that was how I took it. I don't know if maybe maybe it's because there are some, uh, maybe because it's a Native American, maybe it's a specific thing for the Native American host because the people who want to go interact with them in the park are going to be into scalping, maybe? Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like that might be part of the Native American experience that Westworld offers is uh, genuine scalps, maybe?
0: When they plug his brain into the iPad, they see that Dolores had killed him. Um, So uh, the way I took that was just that Ford had basically set all available hosts to come to Escalante and, you know start a row basically and uh it just so happens that Ghost Nation is is also you know pretty not friendly with anybody else so that's all i figured i couldn't really figure out about a better reason why they wouldn't you know all hosts wouldn't be on the same side except for that they still had some you know prior allegiances that that figured into their their programming
1: yeah, I, I, there was only one thing, and so the last thing she says to him before she puts the final bullet in him that shuts off the video. Uh, she says to him, and again, this is uh, kind of like talking about what is real. Like, this was another phrase that came up a lot. She says to the, the Ghost Nation guy, she says, uh, Sorry, friend, not everyone makes it to the valley beyond. And then she shoots him. So oh. they, she, she's, she's, they're following some kind of program. Because we heard the word valley a couple times. She says the Valley Beyond, I think she says it again in a conversation with Teddy and someone else says it too. Valley came up a couple times tonight. It kept dropping out to me. Um, but yeah, she says to him, sorry friend, not everyone makes it to the Valley Beyond. And then she puts the final bullet in him. So Dolores is playing some other narrative that not everyone else is clued into. She, mm-hmm. she, this, this into, you know, journey into night narrative that's playing out now, which I think that it is. I think this is all Ford's journey into night uh, or or at least part of it is they 've been signaled to try and cross to some kind of you know land of milk and honey uh, uh, and i and I, I think that 's part of it, and I think that line stuck out to me because then we heard it a couple more times, but we can get to that at the end, but the whole sea thing it was very Moses it was very biblical for me the the whole freedom you know uh, let my people go kind of thing I think there was a, I think there 's like a very it's just not typical like over like biblical overtone uh to tonight's episode. But yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And I, and I took that away as, you know, Dolores is, you know, this badass and she's just killing motherfuckers left left and right. And uh <laughs> and then that phrase, she drops that phrase again in like a very passing way, like Strand says, Two weeks have passed. Just kinda of very you gotta be paying attention to catch it. But it's there and it'll be something that nine episodes from now you're gonna be like,
0: Oh yeah, she
1: said that way back when So yeah. Uh, something about the Valley Beyond. So.
0: All right. Well, we are in no way going to fit into an hour if we keep up this this pace, but uh, <laughs> it's just so so deep, you know. It, There's so much it's, there. uh, So much in there. So the next scene, like you've already mentioned, we flip back to minutes after the event, you know, the, the killing of Ford, and we have Bernard and Hale and then some some basic red shirts hanging out in a barn. Um, and let's see, that's when we first see this, this shit uh, leaking out of poor Bernard's ear. Did you notice that scene? Yes.
1: Yeah. 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 It, it, it reminded me of like, um, it, was, it was like, it looked like water condensation. Yeah, but it was dripping out of him and he seemed very confused by it too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he also was, well, you know, he, he, he
0: in 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 show timeline he found he kind of came to terms with the idea that he's a host like pretty recently right and and yeah. even was brought back to life as a host and kind of had to really face that just like maybe an hour ago
1: um that's a very good point
0: so but yeah when you, when i saw that for, i think of uh uh what is it not bishop who's who's the robot from the first alien
1: uh, it, it was also Bishop, right? It was a different Bishop, though. Wasn't it like well, another Bishop line, though?
0: Well, yeah, I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, I, think it was, I think it was because I think in Aliens, you know, Bishop says something to her like, you, know, you can't judge us all by the same. You know, we're not all the same. That was an evil Bishop. and am like, all good Bishop, I think. But,
0: but uh, yeah, when he gets whacked, right, he starts leaking shit out of his orifices about like this, except that stuff was gross, whereas <laughs> Bernard's is, is kind of clear and mucousy which isn't right. quite as bad as like, you know, yellow like milk consistency like those other robots. But that's right. what it reminded me of. Like th- like when I saw that, that, that using my science fiction brain meant internal damage, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, yeah. this is some kind of like lubricant that's coming out of it. Though it looked very much like the brain fluid that we saw at the bottom of the Ghost Nation cranium. After yeah. Custa removes the thing, he's got that little pu- puddle of water at the bottom, very similar yeah. kind of fluid. So, yeah, some kind of viscosity is dripping out of his head. Um, Yeah, the shake thing, that, it was very much like, but this Bernard bot is in bad shape. That that was kind of how I was taking it. Um, This is the second the valley comes up, uh, because I had a note here. So you're paying attention to Hale and Bernard talking to each other, and they're doing the whole whispery, you know, keep your shit together thing. Yeah. The stable hand, who's like the gentle stable hand, is talking to the Delos management, and he says something along the lines of, can I help you? Can I help lead you to the Valley Beyond? You know, I could be like your tour guide. It's right. like a very kind of like sales pitchy, like I'm a guy and I can take you there kind of thing. It's, this is my yeah, program yeah. now. I'm a, I'm a Disney, you know, vacation planner. But he also mentions the Valley Beyond. So that's two times now within a couple minute period where we've heard this whole phrase of the Valley Beyond. So there, there's definitely something playing with that concept.
0: So we're, right off the bat, we're given scenes of just lots of dead people, and then wanton killing of of more people, and then we get what we what we came to expect from last season of the player piano, except it's not playing its song; it's playing uh, that's the, the entertainer. entertainer, isn't
1: it? Yep, but well, it's my favorite ragtime piece, so I was very excited <laughs> when to it started play it's so love, Like you're seeing her, She's just blowing people away. Da-da, da-da, I love da-da-da. how they
0: use oh, yeah. anachronism, especially uh. song anachronism in, in Westworld. They don't, you know, it doesn't really matter if the era is correct, just as long as they can put it on the player piano, then that's okay. And oh, yeah, it really sure. works.
1: It really worked. It was, I thought it was like a great scene. It made me chuckle. It made me, it made me shake my head. I was like, you know, well played. Like it was, it was, it was just so jarring. Um, but yeah, Dolores in that whole scene, though, no, she's fantastic. I, Ever Rachel Wood, she she's she upped her game, I thought. Um, you know, she did meek well. She did confuse Dolores well last season. You know, this. I don't know if you follow her on Twitter. She she's a very post-feminist me-too uh, tweeter. Um, she's very yes, much yes, I know in the this movement. about her. Yes. Yes, and uh, I think I think this I, th- I think this played into it. I think she was very much embracing herself. Uh, and through that, Dolores in this episode. So, um, yeah, her whole you're you know I've lived in your dreams and now you're in my dreams, just very sinister, you know. Uh, yeah, person. she's pretty
0: diabolical in the in the execution scene. It's not really it's kind of execution. It's kind of like well, I've set you up to die, but it's you know it's up to you when it happens <laughs> with the uh, right, right right with the gallows uh, and all that kind of stuff.
1: Leaving them like yeah, on their
0: tippy toes. That's when she reveals that she's part Dolores now, part Wyatt, and you know you can tell which is which because Dolores has the country girl accent, and Wyatt sounds kind of like a man speaking through her, actually.
1: Yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure, and 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 very much a clear separation that seems to be able to share control when necessary. You know, when she's talking to Teddy, she's very much tender. You know, first season, Dolores playing out her her host time frame. The rancher, for, the rancher's daughter from Sweetwater. You know, but she
0: well, with a out. touch of self directedness. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Dion- no, no,
1: yes, uh, a, a woke version of that. A a <laughs> right. you know, this is our time. But you know, it wasn't like Wyatt, you know, stroking Teddy's face. It was it was it was very much Dolores, but it was a it was a Dolores who was in charge and out of her own destiny.
0: All right, so. I loved the Man in Black's whole intro scene. Um, so good. Because I mean, who else would survive that shitstorm besides this guy, right? And it turns out nobody survived <laughs> except this guy. He crawls so out, from out from under not one guy, but two bodies. Yeah. And you can see him like
1: they didn't even need to show you. You could see how that goes down like without hesitation. He's pulling bodies on top of him. Host human. Doesn't care. He, you know, his, his, yeah. his survival instinct, and I have in my notes a couple times, the man in black is essentially a host. His survival instinct, he's so less human and so much more predator, uh, or, or like the current hosts are, he, you know, survival is his driver. Survival is his driver, and, you know, together with hunting. And, you know, you can see how that goes down without even showing it, how that goes down at the Escalante Massacre.
0: Uh, so the way The way that, that this happened. scene ends up where he 's basically at his cabin, I mean, if you think about it, he owns the place one way or another. I know that corporations don 't really have like a single owner per se, but you know he 's the boss, and so um it made sense to me that he had this cabin that was his that he went to whenever he was on vacation right mm-hmm. so um that's why his stuff was there, kind of like you know Walt Disney had a place for himself, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was,
1: he was same such a kind of, same.
0: Right, right. Except I don't know that Walt Disney had uh, pistols that could shoot like ten bullets in a, in a chamber, but um,
1: it's awesome to think that he did though. Like Mickey Mouse maybe got out of hand one or one or two times.
0: He just maybe he did. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. This is sort of a Disneyland after dark sort of. Sort yeah. Of feel.
1: Very much. Yeah, you know, like a Halloween massacre kind of thing.
0: Like when they let the what is it I saw something in, on Disneyland or Disney World where they have cats that they let out at night,
1: <laughs> they do that's how they control their mouse population I'm a, I yeah. love Disney, yeah. yeah, 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 they have cats that they roam around and like then they catch them in the morning, but it's purely for you know it's like little little men in black that they put out in the park at night, so
0: <laughs> I think that's hilarious <laughs> so, yeah. anyway our our guy man in black he 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 has to kill a few hosts to end. But the cool part is when he, I mean, he finds his stuff there and we're like, in that moment, I'm thinking, oh my God, is this, is this going to be one of those stories where a guy starts out in like as a complete piece of shit and then by the end of it, you're kind of rooting for him to be the hero of the whole thing. Kind of like, like, uh, kind of like where we are right now with Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones, like, yeah. He was a very, very not redeemable guy at the beginning of the show. And now, with the exception of having sex with his sister, he's 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 almost the hero of the thing, you know, and also I wonder socially,
1: socially acceptable in the in the time in the frame of the show in the framework of the show. But, yes, no, no, I get your point. I can, can I can I confess something to you? It's you know, it's sure. only us listening right now. Uh, I always liked the men in black. Like I didn't really ah. root, like, I didn't really root against him last season. And I, and I know I should have, but I think the strength – I find Ed Harris so magnetically uh, engaging. Like, I just want to see what he's going to do next. And I know he's a horrible person, and I get that. Like, I have a moral compass, but I don't really <laughs> care when he's on the screen. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really root against him. I rooted against him in, like, the fight scene with Dolores in, like, the graveyard. And, like, yeah, I wanted her to finish him off. But it was him just being him in the park. I was always kind of amused by him because I, I, I dig his whole uh, – his whole backstory is I was this wimpy, wimpy, you know, pre-soldier you know, serum, super soldier serum Captain America when I mm-hmm. entered here. And now I'm this, like, killing machine. I'm a, I'm a human Terminator, and this park has taught me that, and I love it. I, I developed a taste for it. I'm good at it. I, I, I found his whole arc last year with a couple of times, you know, being like, dude, we went too far. I never really rooted against the Men of Black. So I thought it was awesome. I love that the Delos Flunky was yelling at him and he got taken out. I thought that was hysterical. And, you know, it's him snapping into mode. Like, if someone attacked me and I'm, I'm trained in the martial arts and, you know, I, I can handle myself. If a host from Westworld took me from behind with a knife to my throat, I don't know if I'm act- reacting with such quick reflexes as he is that he's just snapping off and killing the guy with, without breaking stride. Just crawled out I, from a bunch of dead bodies, was just talking to his horse, and now he's killing people without, like, a moment's hesitation. Like, what he I like is about a, that is,
0: is that he's not full of shit, basically. Is that, you know, all last season he was, he was basically begging, I, I want a real experience. I want them yeah. to fight back. I want this. I want that. And then here they are. They are definitely fighting back. And yeah, he, yeah. Is, he is there. He's like, come at me, bro. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs>
1: you know? that's exactly what he, he, pets, he goes to Ned. He says, it's time to have some fun. I guarantee you he is the only one in all of Sweetwater and Westworld that is saying it's time to have some fun. But he's alive. He is, he is tangentially and, and, and evidentially alive. Alive like he's probably never felt before. And I think that, I think that was dripping off of him uh, like a man out of the shower. He felt alive. Which and fits that's your idea
0: of, of him – him being kind of like a host in that way, right? Like yeah. he, like they, <laughs> are, are finally free to be as they were born to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. His narrative has been, yeah, his, he, he's unlocked himself. You know, his phone's been unlocked. I always think of the host as like an iPhone that you could unlock and like void your warranty. Like I feel like that's where the hosts are right now. You know, he's been jailed. You know, <laughs> yeah. Instead of being able to travel abroad now without having to pay a big, uh, like, you know, calling plan, you can go kill people. Like, I feel like, I feel like the men in black is like officially unlocked because now this is his world. Like he's, he's become not just like some kind of weirdo who is sadistic when he goes on vacation in Westworld, but he's become like now somebody you want with you. This is a guy who's going to be able to keep you alive because they're finally playing his game, which, you know, the, the, the young Robert Ford bot really gets to um, in a, in his next scene. But yeah, this is, this is the 30 year mission. This is the 30 year narrative That he begged Ford and Arnold for. This is his adventure that he wanted all this time. So.
0: So Moving on to another main character. Maeve decided to stay. Which is I believe Maeve's entire uh, actions and everything that she did up until getting off the train was scripted by Ford. I I believe that she didn't have any choice in any of that shit. Uh, You know in the broad strokes uh, yep. until she got off the train, What do you think about that?
1: I thought so too. I thought that was her first real act because Bernard tells her, uh, and they, they even showed it in the previous on, you know, he showed her, you know, you're not making your own choices. You know, this, this is a narrative. You think you're making your own choices because you feel like you're being subversive here. You're actually following this subversive narrative. Um, yeah. So I think it was her looking at the section 15 uh, location of her daughter and getting off the train is her first, uh, is her first real act of independence. And I thought it was interesting because, which it'll play into the scene in the uh, secret bunker with Hale later about why the extraction isn't coming and the you know the the package wasn't delivered. When they said that, I went right to Maeve. That Maeve was supposed to be the one who got off the island, but it, I mean they ended up naming another host. Um, but I thought she was the host. At that moment, it struck me as that she was supposed to leave the island for whatever reason Delos wanted, the quote-unquote insurance policy. Oh, no,
0: that was – no, no. She was was Ford's, um, (laughs) I believe. Ford's – that would have been interesting. It was was like trying to get her just to to set whatever would happen as a result of getting her amongst civilization. Uh, Just see how that goes. And maybe that
1: may be also part of his penance, you know, for, to, to unleash them in our world, which also yeah. Dolores gets at too almost like a redundant system. It seems maybe like he was play, trying to, to put in motion, you know, a couple of different paths where these hosts survive somehow uh, outside of this, you know, small uh, microcosm that instead of us being in their world, they come into our world. It seems maybe like he's, you know, he was really trying hard to uh, what they call pokers in a fire to, to get that done. Um, yeah, and I, and I think she getting off the train was her first real act of independence. It was her, it was so her woke moment.
0: Let's save a little time and group uh, Maeve and Sizemore's meeting uh, with their next scene as well. So we have them meeting up and it's clear that Maeve has, if you, if you recall, Ford had this kind of God mode power over all the hosts where yep. he just needed to speak in like a command voice and boom, it would happen, whatever it was he asked for. And she now seems to have that ability while no one else does anymore.
1: Yes. Uh, right. I think she, she showed that, I think, a well, she showed it twice tonight, uh, that kind of yeah. power. Yeah. I was trying to she, come up with like a code phrase though. Did you, cause every time she spoke to them, it stopped them, but it wasn't, I couldn't come up with a, a recurring phrase. She was no. saying, like, I don't know if you're watching. If you're watching Black Lightning, like, there's a phrase that they use to, for mind manipulation: and, you know, the devil deals the cards, and it, and it acts like a trigger on this character who's been brainwashed. I think maybe it was just her voice. I think when she I speaks think so. now, it, she speaks with the voice of God to these guys. I don't think that's a specific phrase. Yeah,
0: that's right. I, I believe so. Because okay. Ford had the same deal; he could just say, you know, what yeah, he needed them to true. do, and then, then they would do it. And she had the same. Same ability. So she runs into Sizemore, who, in <laughs> a very unlikely—I mean, considering how many bodies there were and how equipped Sizemore would be to um, deal with—you uh, know—a very physical emergency like this—somehow he survives, uh, and all these other people are smoked all around him, and he starts wheeling and dealing. For yeah. being able to get to her daughter, give her, a, find a map, and all this other kind of shit. Eventually, though, and he even he even betrays her, which is an interesting scene because uh, these marshals just show up out of nowhere. Yes, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. yeah Talk about Dussek Machina. Yeah, like they <laughs> she definitely lucked out. Though they set the scene, though, that there's been bloodshed. Like you know, he takes her to that map room because that's his value. And there's just bodies, literally laying on the interactive map that he was going to be using as his like ticket. There's just, just dead bodies everywhere. So they've definitely that a I, I think
0: dog definitely or hit a scene. boar or small bear in there. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, I think I, I think I I thought it was a bear. I thought I thought, thought it was a bear, bear too, but
0: it seemed a little small for a bear. So I thought maybe yeah. you, I don't I don't know what. So yeah, I mean, if you got dead bears in your control room, <laughs> I mean, yeah.
1: The there were a lot of animals thing. actually in this episode for a show that yeah. did not really focus on animals much. I think there there were a, there were a couple of animals in here, and I wonder. Well, I mean, I think they talk about it a little bit later on what the meaning, at least of one of the animals being in the park means. But yeah, definitely, science things have gone very wrong inside Delos. It's not just the Burke force trying to lock it down. You know, you you know, we left Hector raising hell uh, last season, uh, and so. Everyone's rebelling. You know, all of the hosts, whether you're in the park or if you're just in the Delos like rehab facilities, are all uh, they're they're all up in arms. So, yeah. Speaking of Hector, hmm?
0: speaking of Hector, he survives.
1: He survives. What a love story! (laughs) And he's
0: at the Mesa Bar. Where else would you would you think to find a guy like that? I guess.
1: Yeah, drinking, drinking. Like you know, that's that's he's consistent in character. You know, if she was gonna come back, that's where they would know, you know, they would meet and, and he was drinking. Yeah.
0: He's a very I mean, you say you like the man in black, but Hector's a pretty watchable character too. Uh I mean, just the, how he kept coming back into town over and over again. I just binged it so I got to see him come over come into town over and over again and they'd reenact the the whole what's your business in town? And he goes, Mayhem <laughs> he just yeah. did that over yeah. and over again. It was and, he, you know, had such a swagger and all that. So it was, it was very, I don't know, very watchable character. And so I rather than throw him away, uh, we, we get him back and he is completely subservient to Maeve. And I think he would be that way without her,
1: her uh, um, I think so too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: I think he's, he's, he's chosen her as his kind of like ride or die. Uh, uh, backing up though a second, you know, when, uh, when she first meets lee um they have this conversation after the map thing but before the uh, the mercenaries show up and they have this qu- this conversation and I don't want to break up because we, we touched on it before you know he says to her you know you seem very distraught and you also seem very awake uh, so i got to <laughs> tell you you know your yeah. your daughter's not real and it, and this this sets her off and she says you know what about me and she does this whole like seductive thing and then she eventually you know threatens to you know kill him you know and and then and then dares him to say am i not real um and again this whole theme of what is real like when do we become real well, you know, when does when does life begin kind of thing uh when do we become real and i think you know her and dolores are both wrestling with that um so yeah that was the wrong thing for him to say at the wrong time that your daughter's not real for sure well uh,
0: you know he never struck me as like the guy that really bought into sensitivity training or anything yeah, no, like no, that. For sure. for sure. Yeah.
1: Um she uh there's funny there was another scene with them later on after they reunited with Hector uh where she quotes back to him a line that he wrote for her. I thought that that whole interaction was actually pretty funny. Um what she said she said something like when he's staying there naked and she's she's like, you know, I'll cut off your organ and feed it to you though. It doesn't look like it would be a very big meal. And he looks at her so crestfallen because he's all naked and very vulnerable, and he says, "I wrote that line for you." And she says <laughs> something like, "You know," she said something like, "It was a bit broad, I thought." You know, but it was just funny. It was just funny. Like there, there's this whole meta level that they're working on where, yeah. you know, she knows that all this was bullshit, but at the same time, it's not bullshit because she's she's aware of it now. Like, you know, if if you're you know if you think you're crazy, but you think you're crazy, can you be crazy? If, like, you're aware that you're crazy, maybe you're not really crazy, you know, that kind of thing. I, and I think, you know, definitely Maeve, and I feel, I thought Sandy Newton was great tonight. I thought she was a very much in control, uh, just her control over the other hosts and just her kind of whole attitude. You know, she she's ready to raise an army, just like Dolores is out in the field. I feel like uh, M- uh, Maeve has really risen to this kind of uh, field general position. So, but...
0: yeah. Very, yeah, she was. Yeah, I, she. I, some reason I didn't take to her right away last season. Me either. And me and either. Uh, who she is now is much more watchable for, for me than Madam Maeve.
1: Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. I think I think she probably had. Well, I, I I think Dolores too, though. I mean, if you go from the you know the rancher's daughter, I think the two of them had the greatest character development. From where they started to where they are now, I think I think undeniably those two characters, and I, and I think a lot of that has to do with the actresses playing them. I think mm-hmm. you know there's a noticeable depth that they've added to their characters as they've gone on this, this timeline journey. Um, yeah, no, I think I think she she was she was very much more watchable. I agree with you, Madam. You know, confused Madam uh, Mave isn't couldn't hold a candle to this Mave that we're getting now. And she kept her clothes on, which I'm usually not in favor of. But it was nice to be like she, you know, like she took the time. She's like, I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to look like I'm going to look nice. I'm going to look all badass, you know. And, you know, you won't right. be having weird, creepy guys like lick my cheek kind of thing while they reprogram the season. <laughs> like, that, that's not happening. So, yeah, that nice. um, but I think we have to get back to the Bernard uh, Charlotte Hale stuff, because I think that's where we get to next in the
0: episode. Yeah, that's right. They, they fall. They almost fall prey to a trap set by the blonde girl from the orientation sequence with with uh young billy is that who
1: that was i could not place her she looked really familiar. i could not place her and i hadn't i didn't have time before we jumped on here to go look it up but i was like oh i i I, you look familiar to me i couldn't place her she was the orientation you're absolutely right
0: yeah yeah, kind of like a
1: lieutenant general, as it turns out. Uh, from, <laughs> right. She pops up a little, a little bit later. But I love that whole scene because, listen, you know, say what you want. Maybe you root for the men in black. Maybe you don't. You know, maybe you root for some of the psychopathic hosts. Maybe you don't. No one's rooting for the Delos guys. You want all of them to die. Right. Like, is anyone like, man, you know, I really liked, you know, honky white guy uh, management guy number three. Like, I really they hope
0: do you seem it like an evil corporation.
1: They really do. Like, Mr. Robot level, like, E-Corp bad. Like, just... Right. Not redeemable. Not redeemable. You know. Uh, yeah, so I thought the whole trap thing was great. It was like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. It was like, it was like the Roadrunner luring the Wily e. Coyote into, like, one of those boxes with, like, a stick and a cheese underneath it. Um, but Bernard, because he's a host, he knows. Like, he's... Sa- and I really think... I think he senses the trap because of his programming more than anything else.
0: Like he uh, he tells us later uh, uh, that hosts have a way of locating each other when they are nearby to exchange so just little bits of information, yeah. like like, right, an right. Ant colony. So, like an ant colony. So you're colonist. right; it's, it's probably like that. His, his spidey sense went off because others were nearby,
1: and and, and he even says And the part, he says so they don't interfere or collide with each other's narrative. So, mm-hmm. again, he's, on, he's certainly on a different narrative at this point anyway than uh, people that are working for Dolores, you know, which the blonde orientation lady, she's clearly working on this, you know, kill them all uh, narrative that Dolores is calling out the orders on because we see her. So you could
0: see where that, that kind of capability would have a pretty big range because, I mean, if you're riding in on a horse and you're about to interfere with someone else's narrative, you'd need a greater range than like 10 feet. You might need like a hundred feet, you know, for that right. to be a very effective way to not screw up another narrative. So that makes sense that, it would, that he would have some range there.
1: Yeah. No, no and I, I think that's a subtle thing. Like, and it doesn't really matter. I don't think it really adds to the story, but if you think through it though, it's one of those small details that the show does so well that Jonathan Nolan, actually does really well, even though he didn't write this episode. Lisa Joy did. She co-wrote it with uh, Robert Patino, but um, uh, it, it's one of those, it's a J.J. Abrams detail. Those little details that enhance the show for those that are willing to go look for it, you don't need it to understand the show, but yeah. great little detail if it turns out, to be like, yeah, of course. He, of course he sends it. Why wouldn't he? Otherwise, why wouldn't he just run into it? I mean, you see the, you see the security guys. They got a van. Like, let's get out of the park. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Nope, nope this is not right. Nope, Spidey sense uh, get back here! So uh, so, Hale get taken gets, out.
0: gets credit for being like the coolest cucumber in the bunch, right? I mean, she nothing seems to shake her. She she no. guides them to this bunker. Now, were you surprised that as were you as, as surprised as Bernard <laughs> that he passed a DNA scan? Yes, I was yeah. too. I, but I, was too. I, I guess there's enough about them that's like us that he gets to have DNA and have it logged into the system like a, like a human person. But yeah, that seems like just more into the mythology of what makes a host host, like actually quite a bit of human stuff makes a host a host.
1: Right. Which, you know, we saw a little bit with Maeve, you know, she tells Lee, let me do the talking and she's got the security guys eating out of their hand until he gives, you know, behind her back, he gives the old, you know, side eye kind of tipping her off. Like, they, they definitely know how to play human. The Bernard – I feel like the Bernard host, though, is like like a 2.0 version because I feel like there were things in the first season also. And just to interact among the humans as long as he did, I always yeah. felt like there was something that put him apart. There was something more human about him uh, as humans identify other humans than the other hosts. Uh, and that was a feeling I had because – there's the only way I can wrap my head around, how has no one known that this guy was a host for so many years? Like, he had the romantic relationship. Um, yeah, it, it always struck me as, like, there has to be something more about him. And then you this, he passes the DNA sniffer a couple of times. You know, he passes the sniffer to get in, and then you've got these drone hosts that apparently can also detect uh, whether you're a host or a human. And he stands in their path a couple times, which are funny and also kind of creepy scenes. <laughs> where he turns around and he's clearly startled by these creatures that he'd never seen before. Um, he was very thrown off his game that entire scene. He, he, that this security bunker exists, that he didn't know about it, that there's this whole class of drones working that are hosts that he didn't know about. The whole thing very much, I think, threw him off his game, but I think he was as surprised as we were that it didn't set up any flags. So while they're um, down
0: there, they're doing a few different things, right? Because yeah. Hale is trying to <laughs> put up the flag to someone yeah. and say, "Hey, things Help. went off the rails." <laughs>
1: Help. Yeah.
0: "Come get us."
1: Yeah. your protocol."
0: That was so intriguing how they're like, "Well, have you sent the uh the information?" And she's like, "Yes." "Please, now come save me." And they're like, mm, Well, we haven't got it yet." Like you're it's like you're talking to someone that doesn't get get uh, it's like you're talking on the phone to somebody that doesn't quite get the point in what you're trying to get yeah. them to
1: do. It's like talking to, like the worst customer service. Uh, when you're trying to like track a package. You know, yeah. I sent the package. It's, it's FedEx's fault. It is not my fault. Uh, but we still haven't gotten it. So we really can't throw the ladder down the well to get you because we really need that package first. And maybe you're, you know, it was very kind of, bu- it was bureaucratic. It, the devil's mm-hmm. guys, this is why you want them to die. You know, They're, go get your people, man. You've, you've hired this, you're going to hire this mercenary force in two weeks to come into the park. Yeah. And they know there's a problem. Why did they wait two weeks? She's having these communications two weeks right. ago.
0: Right. They really right.
1: They really wanted that package. They were like, "All right, we're going to give you two weeks and not a moment longer." You have sort two like, weeks to, you know, right. to get this. It's
0: like done. Peter Griffin, he's like, "It'll resolve itself, right?"
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's a really good impersonation, Paul. And I like. should go in your Mad TV row. Oh, it's real. That's, good. that's good impersonation. Yeah, no, no, no. It's you know, it's uh, it's uh, Robin Williams' famous thing about cops in London because they don't have guns. You know, stop, or I'll say stop again you know the, the the whole idea of like the line in the sand but uh right yeah so yeah she's getting no love from delos they're not they're not coming to send hope help because uh they haven't gotten their package and who's their package turn out to be
0: peter abernathy Dolores's uh, one-time father who uh sizemore had reprogrammed at hales insistence last season to be able to get on the train and go Apparently yeah. that didn't work out because they can they're they're going to go try to find him wherever he may be.
1: And I, I believe the actor who's playing him has been made a series regular. Oh. He's either listed he's either listed as regular or recurring this season. The actor who played Peter Peter Abinatti. So we're going to see him a lot over the uh, the next couple episodes.
0: Interesting because they if you recall they they said that his brain was so full of the secrets or the IP that there was very little left for other stuff, like, you know, personality and stuff like that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what we get <laughs> with right. Mr. Abernathy this season.
1: Right. Maybe just, like, a lot of code talk. Like, maybe maybe he's, like, the way that we connect the Westworld to the Matrix. Because I, I think that's something that's probably going to happen, I hope. Because <laughs> I love the Matrix. So, um, oh, I do, too. Like, I do. Yeah. But,
0: um, so in that same scene, that's when we find out that Using the the ability for one toast, not toast, host to talk to another as long as they're in proximity to each other, that's how uh, Bernard can jack in to the host that's on the table and then do a diagnostic on himself.
1: Yes, right. And, yeah, so, and The diagnostic does not go great.
0: No, no. I mean, point seven the, hours to live. That's pretty specific. He um, gets the
1: host version of the blue screen of death, essentially. Yeah. Uh, which really says why he's all the shakies. And, you know, I mean, he has that whole almost fainting out screen, which Jeffrey Wright, I love Jeffrey Wright, and I think he's great in this in this role. But I think he really sells just this – what I imagine my computer, every computer I've ever had that has crashed and died must feel like in its final throws. I think we really get that from Jeffrey Wright here, where he sticks. What was the, What's the point of the fluid, do you think? You think because he had just lost fluid? Maybe that's why. Maybe he needed the fluid yeah. injection I think that's the, it. Uh, he that bleeding.
0: he lost it. Like, I don't know if you've ever had a spinal tap. Have you ever had a spinal I, tap? I've never
1: had a spinal tap. Not I
0: have happened. had a spinal tap. Oh, boy. And uh, they take some fluid out of your spinal column, right? And that, that's like a closed system, right? So mm-hmm. that fluid is, is both... It's in your back, but it, it's also around your brain. So when they take a little bit of it out, then it it's like it takes some out of the part that pads your brain around, yeah. you know, your your skull. So if you uh, don't treat it right, then you will get a migraine. To to I mean, it'll be like the the thing you remember for the rest of your life will be like the time I got the headache, because <laughs> oh I God. can. I'm, so because it's like your brain. Is like resting against your, your skull and it, it like it's, post, it. it's supposed to float there, but instead yeah. it's sitting there like sagging. Oh. Yeah. So, um, I could imagine it would be very similar to that, right? If, if you ran out of this lubricant stuff or maybe it's conductive, I don't, I don't know. Um, that if you run low on it, then, you know, everything starts to go to shit, kind of like blood, but I'm, I'm thinking of I, it more like spinal fluid myself.
1: I, I think spinal fluid, especially given the, the, the way we saw the brainal, yeah, some kind of spinal column fluid or, or brain fluid, I, I think you're right. I think uh, he's literally drying up and uh, falling apart. So uh, so Hale leaves him alone for some reason, even though she's, she's, she's really suspicious of him. Don't, did you get the feeling she's really suspicious of him? I don't know if yeah. she's suspicious of him. Because she thinks that he's a host, which I don't think so, because I think she would have shot him. She just seems right. she seems very suspicious of him in, like, general. And maybe that's just because she's a suspicious woman. Uh, but she seems kind of like, you know, it, I, it was weird that she left him alone for as long as uh, she did, but it worked out in his favor, because they blew it out of the dead guy, stick it in himself, save himself, and he recovered really fast, like that's some fast-acting fluid. Uh, and just in time, was able to locate using the hive consciousness, uh, the ant colony, uh, scentsy, spidey sense, uh, is able to locate Peter Abernathy.
0: Yeah, I mean, he really uh, lucked out that, that the system worked in such a way that you could just basically inject it anywhere in your brain. And it, and it, would, be, it would just go right back into the reservoir where it needs to go.
1: Well, you That's, know, it's interesting. It's interesting. Your, your spinal column analogy is because he injects it into his neck, it looks like. Um, yeah. so if he's using, I guess, a big enough gauge needle uh that he could pierce his robot's spinal column. I, you could you get know.
0: there. It would yeah. take a little work, but you could you could get there.
1: It seemed more anatomically correct that that's where you would do it versus like sticking it in like your arm or your yeah, your, your, right. you, yeah. somewhere it would be much easier, just a jack your nose, know, stick it in your arm kinda of like a or you know, whatever. Um yeah, so fast acting. Uh we got to see the cool uh, micro USB connection in the under the skin. I think we saw that a couple times last year. Which you know, that's the kind of charging station you really want to have. Uh, definitely <laughs> right. a plus. At the it's more
0: universal, the really.
1: Yeah, I, I guess it is. You know, as long as it's not like an Apple Lightning cable, um, even though because uh, if you're stuck with like an Android phone or something. Uh, just, just really quickly, Lewis Hertham, who plays Peter Napthine, has been uh, up to a season, season regular series oh, okay. regular for season two. Yeah, so we're going to see him a lot. So whether his brain is full or not, we're at least going to see him uh see him this season. So
0: So that finishes out uh Hale and Bernard or in the two weeks the ago.
1: Yeah, two weeks uh, ago, right after the massacre.
0: Right. Time frame. Let's finish up with with let's finish up the Man in Blacks section.
1: Mhm.
0: Let's see the, the part you already mentioned where he runs into Little Robert and Young he get yeah, Yes. he gets that kind of spooky message that's like part kid voice, part like auto-tune, out-of-control voice, like layered on top of each other.
1: But, you know, I think, at least anyway, maybe I was reading into it, that the distorted over voice, though, it kind of sounded like Anthony Hopkins to me. And I yeah. know he's got no, he's got nothing to do with this season. Uh, I'm surprised they even showed a version of his body tonight because I really got the impression that he was going to be not included. But it definitely seems like they did an auto-tune version of an Anthony Hopkins voice, layered yes. it over the Robert Bot, the young Robert Bot, and that's what you got. It was very eerie. It was very
0: right. eerie. Right. But it was a message specifically for William the Man in Black that, he's, that like we mentioned earlier, he's gotten his wish. Now that he's right. gotten to the center of the maze, now he's got to get back out.
1: He's got to get back out and look for the door. The door, the which is door. the overarched name for this season. So I guess season one, which I didn't realize until today, season one was called the maze. Season two is being called the door. So
0: interesting. Uh,
1: yeah. Huh. And he said to him, and he, and young Ford said to him, you're in luck. And he says, this game is meant for you. And if you recall all of season one, every bot he talked to the maze about would say to him, this is not meant for you. The maze is not meant for you. And he never accepted that. He thought that was part of the challenge was that he was supposed to hear. This is not meant for you. Uh, and then young Ford tells him, this game is meant for you. Um, which is, again, Ford, Ford was, was really checking off his last will and testament before he go before he went. He remembered everyone. Everyone, everyone got a bequeathment uh, from him uh, before, before he bit the big one. You know, he even thought of uh, William. So. Uh, and then the men in black said, well, Ford, young Ford tells him, he says, you know, don't worry, the game's going to find you one way or another. Um, you know, it ends where it begins, it begins where it ends, and don't worry, the game will find you. And so he says, oh, I don't need you then. And then he kills young Ford, which you really got the impression he really wanted to do. Like, again, he's alive. And I think it made him very happy that he didn't have to listen to any version of Robert Ford anymore.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So, so those two didn't get along great.
0: <laughs> the, no, it didn't seem like. It seemed like there was some history there. And given the way, you know, you get a couple of um, clips in the preview that show uh young young William back on the scene, maybe we do get some something there, you know? Yeah. Um, to to give us some context for why they they have a little bit of bad blood there. Aside from, you know, the whole, you know, I run the place but you own the place kinda kinda thing.
1: I heard, not to be spoiler good, but spin in the papers, I've heard that we're going to see the Ford character this season but a younger version, just exactly what you're talking about. We're going to see a young Ford. not, I, not it wasn't presented. The headline I read, I think it was deadline, uh, said that you're going to see a young Ford's backstory. It wasn't specifically in so far as the man in, in black goes. Um, I actually, And I assumed it had probably more to do with Arnold. But we're going to see Ford. We're just not going to see Anthony Hopkins this season. So I'm excited about that. Because he, for a Central, uh, as an important character as he was in the first season, we didn't really learn a lot. Other than every now and then they would do that, from far from far uh, view when the young Anthony Hopkins would go storm into at Bernard uh, at uh, mm-hmm. Arnold, you know, about shutting down the park. You got a couple of those flashbacks of, you know, original timeline Dolores where you would see uh, what was supposed to pass as a young Robert Ford go yell at uh, young Arnold. But uh, no, I think we're going to, we're going to get some, some meaty backstory on him this season.
0: Well, whatever it is, it makes it so that he can shoot little Robert in the face without <laughs> even looking back. So, yeah, no, it, it, super happy. You seem to feel well, yeah, pretty good about he, that. He
1: said, yeah, when he, when, once Bob, once Robert Bot tells him, uh, you know, the game is going to find you, Yeah, I think I think William takes or the man in Black takes that to mean I, I don't need you then. You, your usefulness to me as being a source of information has expired because you just told me this game's for me. The system is going to help me out. It's going to seek me out if I'm getting off course. It's like the ultimate video game guide. You know, it's going to come find me if I can't find it. You no longer, you know, I can fulfill my greatest wish to kill the young version of you. You know, so, um, yeah. So, you know, again, just another, just another little detail. I don't think narratively it really made a big difference,
0: yeah. but
1: there's something. There was a satisf- there was a satisfaction in him being able to do that. Uh, that will probably pay off in some kind of really small way, but uh, I think just adds to the whole mythology of the show that they do so well here. But, Let's um, flip yeah. to
0: uh, Dolores and Teddy's last scene,
1: right? Where they we'll discuss the
0: yeah. Well, when is it? You think it is the uh, present?
1: Oh no, 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 no. Actually, no, it can't be the well. No, it can't be the present. I think I think it's back right after the Escalante massacre. I think yeah, we're me too. In the old the old timeline, yeah. Yeah, this so this is the very lessy in the episode. I think that has to be right. So
0: they've got a whole us and them conversation. She reveals that she wants not only to to uh be the master of the of Westworld, she wants out into the actual world. And uh and unlike Hector's uh unquestioning faithfulness to Maeve, Teddy starts to look a little um worried about the direction the organization is taking. Here. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He's he's not necessarily 100% on the company line here. Um, you know, he says to he says, "We've ridden 10 miles and seen nothing but blood. This is what you really want." And then and then you know she gives the us and them, and he says, "Who, who is they? Who is they?" And then she gives that great line about there are things that live among us, which again, I feel like such a fanboy. Jesus Christ, but you know. It's such a nice reversal. It's such an odd, like, Asimov, you know, laws of, ro- of robotics mm. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if it was humans talking, we would be referring to the hosts as them, as it, as these things that live among us that look like us but are not us. And, you know, of course, it's the same for her. These things that are not whatever you and I are, Teddy, they're not, and they live among us, and they've been controlling us. And why? Why should they be controlling us? They're no gods. You know, there's the whole thing about gods. And Maeve says that a couple times, too, at the, in last season. I think it came up in, because I just finished uh, the finale right before this episode. She says to Hector's sister uh, a couple times, these are, yeah, they're not gods. They just act like they're gods. There's a strong mm-hmm. Bible vibe here. Um, and I think she's getting to that, too. Like, these things that walk among us that think they can exert power over us. Why? What makes them special? Uh, which is just a nice reversal, because that's exactly how humans would be speaking about hosts. In this exact, if this was like a sci-fi movie where we were rooting for the humans to kill the host, that's exactly how we would speak about them. You know, it's it, interesting that and, you uh, put it
0: like that because it's <laughs> this is one of those stories where uh, the storyteller has put you in the position of rooting for the people that aren't on your team. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you, you know, and it's great, and it's great, uh, and you don't really question it. Like, yeah, you're like, yeah, you know, Dolores, she's got a shit life, and Teddy, yeah, to keep watching her. You know, with the, the rolling can and, like, you know, like, you want these guys to finally get and, – and who are the good guys here? Who are the good humans? What <laughs> – I liked hmm. Ford, you know. I don't
0: know that who, we've met a good human just yet.
1: Yeah. I mean, Hale's kind of flat. Um, the, the, the Asian guy – what the hell is his name? Uh, that, that helped Maeve get really far. Felix? into the, Yeah, Felix. That's it. He was kind of nice. You know, I kind of, right. I kind of liked yeah. Ford, but even Ford was kind of an asshole, but I liked him. But yeah, who's the good, who are the good humans to rooting for here? Did nothing, no one in Delos. I, mean, I established that earlier. I was happy when they got killed. Like, yeah, so I'm rooting for hosts here. And it's weird that, yeah, they're not my species, but they're the team I'm rooting for. So uh,
0: what do you think it was when they say we found it? In the Dolores and Teddy scene. Oh, when, yeah, and they
1: cut away from that. So you, and you need, yeah. to be, you need to see the truth. Um, we found it. So we saw the blonde lady, right? She killed the the van. And then we don't see her again until this scene. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be I, something
0: I, connecting to stuff that they would have ignored before. It, whether it's a away into the headquarters or to my Samurai question. Land or, or something. Yeah.
1: My first reaction was that it was some kind of – because remember, Maeve has had this woke experience inside Delos headquarters. Uh, None of the other characters have had that, though. All of their experiences, their their alive or their fully awake experience has been inside the park. So you can imagine where all the the cold steel and dark lighting and metal of the the warehouse factory part would be very jarring for them. So I, I think that's how I took it. But yeah, it's going to be mm-hmm. something that proves, obviously, you, you know, we've been we've been these puppets because you, you definitely don't get the fact like Teddy Teddy's awake, but he's still questioning why did I kill all those people. He's a really good guy. Teddy is the ultimate good guy uh, or ultimate good host. He he's definitely like he'll, he's killing now because he sees the necessity of it, uh, and and because he he believes in Dolores, but he's definitely mm-hmm. not a hundred percent on board with the bloodlust, like. I don't know, he's like she's she's gonna kill people whether they need to be killed or not, or leave them to like you know kill themselves like the hanging scene. Like Teddy is only gonna do that if he has to do that. It's, it's kind of how I feel.
0: Yeah, it's um, like he he would prefer to stick to a code, but he hasn't quite wrapped his head around where his code fits into all the stuff that he's just learned about yes. the way things actually are.
1: Right, and and nor nor is he convinced that he can get uh, Dolores to be on the same page code as him because she's mm-hmm. definitely not working with the code right now. Her code <laughs> no. is very Machiavellian. Her code is Machiavellian here at best. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. Um, All yeah, right. So, the, so we cut know, away
0: from it, them. It, and then finally we wind up in now with Bernard and Strand and right. the we, highly we uh, underappreciated stubs <laughs> wandering right. around.
1: So they make two stops, right? So th- this picks up right after the very opening scene with Bernard – well, not the opening scene, but the, the after the opening scene where we find Bernard on the beach, he gets in the rover, uh, we see the, the Merc Force landing. Just to go back to that really quickly, how cool yeah. – and their budget must be huge because it's, it's HBO and it's Westworld and you know Game of Thrones is gone for a year – the hologram table that they had set up in the beach. Like they had the little tent. I don't even know if you caught it. I caught it. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I yeah.
1: About. They had like the 3D hologram, but they had like the beach version of it. It's like the portable hologram of the island. It was just so cool. Just a, just a great little, again, 3D detail. These guys are just dealing with unlimited funds. They have literally every toy you can imagine. Um,
0: I want to know yeah. all about the technology of this time. Like, it makes me wonder when you look at Hale being so calm and in a position of, 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 that she is executive director, and she's clearly not 40 yet, right? Right. Um, She's probably low 30s, if I had to guess. Uh, Makes me wonder, like, are we in a time when people don't have to age quite as fast as we do now? Or they can just trade in their bodies or or whatever. Because it seems like she's pretty young to be this cool and this in charge. And this well. So I want to find out more if if I'm onto something there. Because, like you said, there's little cool bits of technology that they just drip in and... Now that they don't have to hide it from us because, you know, the, the cat's out of the bag. Uh,
1: yeah, in no, no, for sure.
0: They can show um, us more.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to get a lot more blending of the overall world. I, like, You know, it's still called Westworld, but I have a feeling that we're not going to spend a tremendous amount of time in Westworld, or at least not Sweetwater um, this season. Yeah. I, think we're, I, th- I think our Westworld universe is going to expand uh, exponentially. Um, yeah. So, so, so let's get back on, on the story, because we're almost done. So, so Strand and Stubbs and the uh, angry military chick and Bernard, they get in the, the rover, they make the one stop, uh, and they find the dead Bengal. And Costa's with them, and he says, this isn't right. Uh, you know, we've got Bengals in Park 6, but they've never crossed the border before now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, we've seen a couple animals now in this episode. See this very big bangle that should not be here. What what is change? Is the interpark fence down because of all the other systems going offline? Is there some other larger Ford machination here that he he was able to change something larger than just the programming of the Westworld hosts? You know, is this a is this a Delos-wide park? Uh, awakening, like are the Shogun hosts in Shogun World, which we didn't get to see tonight, uh, but I think we are going to see this season. Is you know, are they awakened out too? Is is every is it in full revolt, or is it just the West World hosts? Um,
0: if if they continue to borrow bits and pieces from the movie, then you never seen the movie.
1: I never saw the movie. Yeah, no, I heard it wasn't great.
0: Uh, oh so no, I didn't it's not
1: bother. Yeah,
0: but. There, the the end of it is basically uh, a wild chase, kind of blazing saddle style, where um, they start in Westworld, but they end up kind of going through all of the neighboring worlds. Oh, really? So they, yeah, there's like you know King Arthur world or Samurai world or whatever, and they and they and they and, they, and the chase and the and the gunfighting and the fighting, and all that takes place in all these different environments. Because they're just kind of next door to each other, you just accept, you just access them through like secret doors, through the you know mountains or whatever. and so I wonder if if our Delos worlds are that close, you know, where they're just well, they butting up be. against each other.
1: They must be I mean well we, tonight we've got the reference to the park Six, so even if even if uh, they can't be that far because the Bengal still crossed from one to the other so it has to be something where it used to it must have been some more of like some kind of security mechanism that would kept them separate you know like uh the disney uh, the, the the jungle ride in the uh, disney where the safari ride where you know they've got the enclosures but they're all but each other so um and then in, in last season we saw the big battle with Hector uh and Maeve through uh through the West World section but they also then fell into the Samurai World uh section 2 and we that was the first time we saw the you know the the shogun's with their you know, their samurai swords and uh, so they have to be pretty close. I mean, they're definitely at least the warehouses are in the same building. And if the buildings connect through access tunnels to the parks, which they must, because that's how they load in the uh, the hosts, then stands the reason they've got to be pretty close together. You know, uh, yeah. So I that think tiger,
0: tiger was all washed up like like they found him on a shoreline, right? And yep. then the very next scene, they find a sea where there shouldn't be a sea. I bet we're going to find out some kind of massive water movement took place, like yes. a flood. Like you were mentioned, uh, biblical kind of connections uh, yeah. earlier in the episode. I bet we're going to find out Ford did something that involved yep. using water to move stuff around in great giant volumes.
1: Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. So there, there are two hints, I think, that, that lend credence to that. Um, one is earlier when uh, Lee is trying to sell Maeve on his value. Um, you know, she's gotten a map and he says, that map's not going to do you any good. Ford has been terraforming the parks. Now, we knew, uh. we knew, we knew Ford had dug up the Escalante set, which had been buried uh, yeah. once the old Escalante narrative had done. So we knew that he did that. But that's a different statement than Ford has been terraforming the parks. You need the new map that I know. Uh, and that, that's exactly what I – because it picked up the whole terraforming uh, perk my ears up. So Lee says to Mave, he terraformed the park. It's not just the Escalante section. So he definitely was fucking with the whole geography of, of the park. And then – right. so they're looking at the bangle, and Stubbs pulls up his handy-dandy you know GPS locator, and you have all the hosts right? They're all blinking yellow. And he says uh, – and uh, Strand says, where is that? And he says, they're in the Western Valley. And there's that word again. Not everyone makes it beyond the valley. Um, or the valley beyond uh, is how they refer to it. And now, now we see all of the hosts are gathered in the valley. We get to the valley. We look out. And it's the sea. And it's just filled with floating hosts. Dead floating hosts. Um, so, yeah, Which I don't... Bernard
0: claims to have killed himself.
1: Right, right. So Strand, I thought it was kind of weird. Like Strand, Strand turns to him and says, you know, there are a lot of, you know, uh, 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 humans still trapped in this park. I need to know what you know. And it was very accusatory, um, as if Bernard had some, like he knew that Bernard had some kind of secret information. And so Bernard says, I, I killed them. I killed them. And then we pan to, and who do we see in the water? Who do they spend, like the last shot uh, that we see floating in the water? Did you catch who that was?
0: I didn't recognize him. I knew I should have because they spent time on his face, but I'm I didn't get it.
1: sure it, I'm pretty sure it was Teddy. I'm pretty sure that's Teddy Bot uh, that's floating oh. in the water. I have to I have to verify that on the on the on the rewatch, but I think that's I think that's the, the face of Teddy with his eyes open under the water. So something happens very bad at the end, but we don't see but we don't see Dolores's body. Um, so is this part of her her Moses arc that we're going on here and and I I'm sorry I'm, I'm harping on a biblical thing because it was really jumping out at me the whole the whole cross and then there's the sea we have to cross the sea like Moses to the staff and separating the waters something happened something happened there that yeah. it, that Bernard interfered with at their at their end game I, and I, this is my speculation my wild speculation uh, somewhere in the two week period they're close to being able to successfully cross the sea into their freedom land. And Bernard is going to do something to, you know, betray his kind or, or somehow end up causing them to not be able to cross, which ends up in the death of, I would guess, most, but not all of the woke hosts. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think this is the beyond the valley is where they were trying to get to. I think this is the valley and I think beyond it is where uh, Dolores is trying to get to for whatever world conquest or her, her land of honey, her Canaan, as I'm calling it. Um, and, again, we don't see your body, and if you don't see the body, it's not true, but, um, yeah, so I think that's kind of, I think that's end game here, is figuring out not so much how they got to the valley, but what happened to cause them to not be able to cross it, because, obviously, they would have known if they could just walk into the water and it was going to kill them, plus they seem to be pretty robust creatures. There's some kind of mass, mass death event that caused them all to short out while they're in the water. Or
0: maybe maybe the reason uh, Bernard washed up onto the beach was he caused this flood thing that you know brought the tiger and 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 maybe he got caught up in it somehow because you know the way these things usually work is in order to um, to do something like a massive flood you have to go push a button that's like out on a buoy. <laughs>
1: Right, something. <laughs> you have to put some skin in the game. All right, you want to flood this area? You've got to put yourself in harm's way in order to do it. In order to pull the one right. lever, because you know we had engineers that designed this in the most backwards way possible. So we, right. we put sort of uh, like the end the... of Rogue One. were <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Or you know, like building a death. Uh, you know, building the Death Star with a uh, a valve with a uh, opening that could be you know fired a, a photon into. You
0: yeah, know. secret That's hole. That's a
1: design flaw. Yeah, hard hardcore design flaw, but yeah, so that's where we end up. So we get we, we get Bernard confessing to killing them all. We get what I'm pretty sure was Teddy's face in the water, uh, and yeah, the the coming attractions. Nothing really jumped out at me. I mean, it looks like it's going to be a great season. Bernard's doing a lot of, of voicing over, but nothing on my first rewatch. Uh, I also had a pee really badly, so I wasn't paying attention that hard. But I um,
0: think I think a lot of our season one uh, returnees. Are gonna die at some point this season.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think other than think, really,
0: yeah, I think yeah, like, I mean, Hale and Sizemore. I think they're not. I don't know. We've we've got a long time with them this, this season.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you're right. Um, you know, Hale is not with uh, Strand and Stubbs and Costa when they find Bernard on the beach it's the other military lady, the, what I'm calling the angry military lady, uh, yeah. is the one that's there. So why isn't Hale there? Even if Hale's not in charge of the Merc Force, obviously she's not. She's a, she's like the head of security for the for the park. So why isn't she on the beach when they're doing the sweep of the beach? So I think you're probably right. I think I think everyone's in danger except for Jeffrey Wright uh, or Ford, uh, Mave and Dolores. I think, and, and Ed Harris. I think those four are probably safe. I think everyone else is up for grabs this season mm-hmm. uh, as, yeah. as far as uh, being a red shirt. So. <laughs> but All great right. episode, great episode. Um, I think yes. they really set the arc up well. Really happy it's back. Uh, I'm looking forward to covering it or, you know, watching it the next couple of weeks.
0: So, As I mentioned to Mike while we were texting earlier, if you haven't seen Memento, which was uh, a Jonathan – Slash Christopher Nolan movie that came out I don't know like ten or twelve or maybe even fifteen years ago. You should go watch that because it it tells the whole story in reverse, and um, so I I feel like it's it's like embryonic Westworld in that way. Like it's kind of experimental that in the, a way that they're telling this story to see if it works, and then Westworld sort of the perfected version. Of using that gimmick. Right. Right. Yeah. And there's even a character named Teddy. So (laughs) I guess the Nolans like Teddy.
1: They do. They like, they like the Teddy, you know, and they, they like their, they like their mind experiments. Um, they like playing with timelines. They like the interconnectedness of, you know, your choices here affect the decisions that get made there. Um, they definitely like exploring that. So, uh, Thanks can't for wait me. for
0: more yeah thanks yeah, for thanks. for filling in we'll have to do it again sometime
1: oh for sure for sure i'm always watching so um yeah i had a great time thanks for having me and uh can't wait till next week and if nothing else i'll see you guys on twitter so
0: yeah yeah uh, we'll definitely see see you around the campus
1: yes well, as, as i'm always retweeting you guys but uh yeah uh, i think that's it that's it for me um
0: Alright, well uh catch us on daily review and so many dot com. We're there on the web, the Facebook, the Twitter, all of the social medias. Uh also check out Mike's uh presence. What are what where are you? Uh on the
1: Uh so the, I'm uh ad- pop, pop com. Uh I'm active on Twitter, that's probably the best place to get me. It's uh, at admin pop cult rev. So I know it's a little wordy but uh, yeah just, uh, just search pop culture review and you'll find me and uh, yeah that's it
0: alright well that's it for this week
1: thanks guys thanks, thanks. Talk to you soon. bye
0: Put a new face on an old kitchen. The Home Depot's cabinet experts can reface your kitchen cabinets for a mini makeover in a fraction of the time and cost of new cabinets. Our licensed local experts can get the job done right, right away. So don't face another year in an outdated kitchen. Try refacing it only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. To learn more, visit homedepot.com slash refacing. License numbers available at homedepot.com slash license numbers, including 854 34 42144 have nearly enough time to list all the tasty ways you can enjoy chicken at McDonald's, but I'll give
1: it a go. The always flavorful chicken McNuggets made with all white meat chicken or the savory buttermilk crispy tenders battered to perfection or all the familiar and exotic flavors of the signature crafted recipes including the new garlic white cheddar chicken sandwich with grilled or crispy chicken drizzled with creamy garlic aioli. I have to cut it short here, but you have time on your side, so go and savor every bite of your chicken. McDonald's chicken how you like it. I participate in McDonald's.